God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure, please, be sure to check us out on YouTube. Yeah, that's the new one, YouTube. So we're on YouTube right now. Through the, uh, uh, we can go to our websites and check out YouTube, and uh, we're um, on there. And you can see some of the latest news that we're going to be talking about today. Also, I have a live feed of my Twitter feed. So if you want to see who my contacts are and uh, the kind of um, aggregating news that I get through Twitter, uh, pretty much you show up on that YouTube page and that's what you'll see. You'll see my (laughs) aggregator. And uh, it's kind of cool. Uh, Today's kind of an interesting day because we have uh, two big topics we're going to be talking about today. Uh, We're going to talk about the Lee family, Lee, Dan, and we're also going to be talking about Justice Alito and Safe Harbor. Uh, I know that Jenna Ellis right uh, this morning earlier was on on, uh, Maria Bartiroma and talking about the Safe Harbor, what it means, what it doesn't mean. And um, in a lot of ways, I don't think it really means that much. I don't think, um, you know, the Democrats seem to be celebrating this as just one day closer to sealing the deal. And that seems to be what they're focusing on, they're hoping for, is that the safe harbor is supposed to be that uh, this is the deadline to bring any legal ramifications to the table. And that's what safe harbor means. It means that you 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 can't bring in any more cases. And in the case of um, of of the Pearson versus uh, Pearson versus Georgia, and it was uh, Sidney Powell's case. She was heard before Justice Batten, a George W. Bush appointment, and there was a you know in that in that district. There were several judges that, that are at your disposal. 
And there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, Obama judges, but there was also a lot of Donald Trump judges. But we got a Bush judge, Batten. Now Batten is the judge that ruled in favor of 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 uh, seizing the uh, Dom- Dominion machines, and then he ruled three hours later that Raffensperger can go ahead and wipe all the machines and just go and just wipe them and destroy all the evidence and just go forward. And uh, with the January 5th election, with these stupid machines that don't work, that are fraudulent, that are easily exploitable, that are run by Chinese, and that's what we're going to get into too with the Lee Dan thing and the investments that were made and why I think the top rhino brass in Georgia is so corrupt and will sell out their country for China. But three hours after that, he orders them seized again. But by the time they got to them uh, on a Sunday, uh, it was last Sunday, a weekend, a holiday Sunday, Thanksgiving holiday Sunday, Somehow they, these machines got confiscated and wiped. Now Justice Thomas oversees that particular particular uh, region of the world, Georgia, Eleventh Circuit Court of Appeals, to be exact. And the way I see it, uh, he might need to get involved. So this district district of court rejection to Sidney Powell. Who was basically uh, the the person, the private citizen that was bringing the case was C.J. Pearson, this young, teenage, conservative, black conservative sensation. Uh, he's been around the block and he's given great YouTube uh, speeches and things as a kid. Um, and he was the one bringing it. He and Ali and a bunch of others were bringing this case into Georgia, and Batten. Uh, basically tried to say that the that there wasn't enough time, that the uh, request wouldn't remedy the situation. Uh, and he asked a lot of poor questions, in my opinion. Like, what are other states doing? Uh, can this overthrow the overall election? And it really depends on like a lot of moving parts all moving at the same time. Like, in Michigan, we have 22 machines that we're investigating. 22. 22 machines we're looking at. And over the next 24 hours, we're going to find out whether or not our investigation, and when I say our, I mean Team Trump, our investigation is going to yield or uh, any kind of uh, benefit. Uh, Whether we're going to find what we're looking for. Because, see, you can't always solve the crime if you can't find the evidence. You know, there's a lot of missing bodies out there. There's a lot of missing weapons, murder weapons that we can't we just can't find and bad people go free and good people get prosecuted it's it's an in, it's a imperfect ju- jury system judicial system but in the next 24 hours we're going to be looking at in Michigan <clears throat> for anomalies for problems with the machines for any kind of an inspection that can yield fraud uh, because we know that there's fraud based on all the based on all of the, uh, the the picture, you know, like, you know, it rained last night. If you walk out your door and the grass is 
wet and the ground is wet and the potholes are filled with puddles, you, you can demise that you can surmise, surmise, you could surmise that uh, it rained last night. If there's snow on the ground, you can surmise that it snowed last night. But if you didn't actually see the snow, you know, maybe somebody shoveled it over there. Some litigator can make a great argument for that. So we need the evidence. We need the smoking gun. We need the fingerprints. We need the video surveillance. Now, we were lucky enough to find that in Georgia. And with Georgia, there's so much corruption, you can't even shake a stick at it. It's terrible. It's terribly bad. So we got Alito today that's going to hear oral arguments from Ted Cruz once he gets the cert. And it's a Mike Kelly, congressional um, U.S. Congressman Kelly from Pennsylvania, who's bringing the case to the Supreme Court to suggest that the PA legislature, um, well, that the uh, executive branch acted Ill, unconstitutionally. And, uh, and some of the things that they've done in terms of the legislatures is actually not even constitutional, whether mail-in ballots are constitutional or not. Does the legislature even have the right to pass a law or to agree to a law as they did in April of 2020 regarding mail-in ballots? And do they have the right to even, uh, in terms of address verification, I mean, uh, signature verification, do they even have that right? Uh, If it's unconstitutional, it's unconstitutional. And right now, in every one of these battleground states where there's been fraud, in very specific key Democrat-run areas like Detroit, Philadelphia, Atlanta, and uh, Milwaukee, uh, we have a lot of corruption. And that's where all the machines and the corruption and the Dominion engineers and the fix and the rig and the jig, we're all in. We're going to go ahead and take a caller really quick before we uh, get knee-deep into this. And uh, caller, you're on the air. Hello? Hi. Caller, you're on the air. Yes. Uh, I, I like your, uh, just ran across the uh, website before it's news.com. Um, uh, I'll try to make this as brief as possible. I was listening to an individual last night, um, and I like the, the description of it on these three, I call them the three clones, the three monkeys, uh, Bush, Clinton, and Obama, that's, uh, that's going to demonstrate their loyalty to the uh, COVID vaccine, which I refuse to take because I believe it's a precursor to the mark of the beast. On that program also, they spoke about New York and Hawaii, where there was long lines of COVID that wanted to take the uh test and it, the, the no beds availabilities was down and once they arrived uh, it showed absolutely it was like a ghost town uh and saying what i have said to you sir could you direct me to that particular um video uh if, if the name sounds clear to you you'll speak out of south carolina i don't know if you're the same individual or not that was uh, uh relating that story i would be very appreciative of you uh he was speaking from the bible from the book of amos uh, in relation to this uh topic that he was speaking on i I, yeah i i I don't i can't now if you could just repeat a little bit i didn't know you were going to ask me for directions on that but go ahead 
Um, yeah, so. yeah, it's very important. Okay, he spoke specifically of the three, uh, well, he didn't call them the three monkeys. He had more choice names for them. Bush, Clinton, and Obama that were going to be the three individuals that shows their loyalty by taking the vaccine. And one more topic that he spoke of was New York and Hawaii, where he, this journalist actually went to New York to film the long lines after the news had reported, and there was absolutely zero, not one individual was there, the same thing in Hawaii. But in this case, the police were called on this individual that was in Hawaii because he was exercising his free journalist rights. Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't have the answer for you on that. But The individual was speaking from South Carolina. Does that ring a bell? No. Sons no. of Liberty? Oh, oh, that could be Bradley okay. Dean, right? Who? Or Tim, Tim, Tim Brown. Tim Brown. Tim Brown? Yeah. Uh, what's his, one, one quick, one quick uh, question. Well, what, what would be his website to, or something to, I can read? You'll have to write into the show for that, but that's Tim Brown. Tim Brown. Uh, yeah. And he comes on the uh, beforeitsnews.com quite often, am I correct? Uh, I think so. But you have to you have to write thank into you. you have to write into the show. Okay, thank you. All right, so uh, we we get all kinds of callers uh, for all kinds of reasons, <laughs> and uh, that that's interesting. I happen to know a little bit about what he's talking about, but that wasn't me. Um, all right, so I want to get to Georgia. Georgia hearing on whether Powell's Kraken lawsuit will be able to forensically analyze voting machines in Cobb, Gwinnett, and Cherokee starts uh, yesterday, and she, she was denied for that. Um, but this guy, uh, uh, Code Monkey, we'll call him Ron, Code Monkey, um, was really get, getting some good new information. And the information is related to to Brian Kemp, the governor of the the governor of uh, Georgia, and you wonder why it is that in Georgia there is so much corruption, and that there seems to be this counterintuitive uh, reaction, because these are Republicans, right? These are Raffensperger's a Republican, Sterling's supposed to be a Republican, but yet Sterling's tweeted out. Hateful things to Trump in 2016. They're rhino Republicans. They like the good old boy network. They like the cigars and the scotch and the backroom deals and the easy money. They like they like the money more than they like their country. They sell out their country. So Ron says, Code Monkey says, nothing to see here. Just Kemp posing and shaking hands with Lee Quegman, the Consul General of the Houston Consulate, which was later shut down for being a rumored Chinese spy hub. What was discussed at this meeting between Kemp and Lee Kingman? And you have to, it begs the question, right? And so there's more. You got this signature confirmed uh, where Brian Kemp is thanking the uh, thanking China for their generous contributions to Georgia. And it gets more specific than that. And the specificity is, is that Brian Kemp signed off on some deals that were related to uh, this Georgia uh, organization. It's called GeorgiaBusiness.cn. 
The Georgia Department of Economic Development lists georgiabusiness.cn, that's a Chinese extension, as their official domain name, the georgiabusiness.cn domain name is registered to Li Dan with a private email address based out of Beijing hosted on China's Chinese name servers. Hosted on Chinese name servers. So when you go to that, it's a huge structure. So China invested in huge developments in Georgia, thanks to someone like Brian Kemp, who is photographed taking gifts from the Chinese, photographed in all kinds of ways. It kind of reminds me that during the mid-80s, the wealth of the bottom 90% began a nearly four-decade downtrend. Policy failures of this group, and it's a picture of George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Herbert Walker Bush, Michelle Obama, Laura, Laura Bush are all in the photo, smiling, all happy, all rich from the government, began a nearly four-decade downtrend. Policy failures of this group, that group I just mentioned, led to the top 330,000 Americans becoming wealthier than the bottom 300 million Americans. President Trump is reversing those failures and putting America first, and that's exactly why it is that they uh, want him out. He's 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 reversing the trend. It's basically having there, he took a U-turn and he's driving in the wrong direction, according to the globalists. By the way, I did see a caller call in uh, said something about raw athletics. You're welcome to call in again. I can take that call. Um, Now, keep in mind, we have a lot going on in the next 24 hours. We have Alito today from 9 till 12 noon, uh, and he's going to be listening to oral arguments related to uh, the constitutionality of mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania. You also have Texas bringing a case straight to the Supreme Court. This was just announced today, and they're bringing a case, and they're suing. They're suing PA, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia. They're suing these states, and they're taking the matter straight to the Supreme Court. If the Supreme Court, the reason why that case is important is because if the Supreme Court can bring, uh, make rulings and decisions on mail-in ballots, chain of custody, signature verification, and proof of purchase, you know, proof of, um, you know, like there's a there's a statute in Georgia, for example, where they're not supposed to be registering uh, to vote during the interim gap between the election on November 3rd and the runoff on January 5th. Somehow they're saying that the deadline is today. Or no, the deadline was yesterday, December 7th. And so they're basically saying that the deadline is what it is and and um, uh, and they could register up to that point. But there's laws on the books that make it clear that whatever they're saying you can do isn't even lawful within their own state. Then the matter is whether or not you take that to a federal circuit court of appeals or 
whether you take that to the Supreme Court, is that a federal issue? And yesterday that was also addressed with with um, Sidney Powell in the Northern Georgia District Court with Judge Batten, who said basically this is, these are state issues. The problem is in some of these key precincts where you have the audits and the recounts being done by the same people that were the criminals in the first place. Like that Ruby woman, right, that was stuffing ballots and taking ballots from underneath the table. And Gabriel Sterling lying to everyone about, oh, that's just common, that's normal, that's okay. We had a monitor. They said everything was all right. Our monitor said everything was all right. Yeah, but the cameras didn't. Cameras didn't lie. You couldn't hear what they were saying, but you could see what they were doing. And we could see that they stuffed the same ballot in the the machine multiple times. And we could see that they threw out, and plus there's eyewitness testimony that said, that corroborates the video, that says they were thrown out, and they were supposed to stop counting and stop processing and stop doing. Blamed it all on the water main break. It turned out it was a leaky urinal. So they lied about the water main break to stop the count. It was a leaky urinal. (laughs) They made it sound like it was a big, huge flood on election night, remember? And then you can go forward with that and say that when they asked everybody to leave, they were supposed to go home themselves. Turns out they stayed behind, quickly went underneath the table. Now you wonder why they're trying so hard to rig an election. Because China said so. China told them what to do. You do it. You do it or we will bring you COVID. You know, I mean, it's whatever it is. There's this uh, site. It's written in Chinese, believe it or not. But it's um, it's U.S. China News. <laughs> News. So it could be uh, U.S. China News is how it's written. written. USChinews.com. And there's a 2019 story from July 12th. And it's this Lee Kingman, Consul General of the People's Republic of China in Houston, called on Governor Brian Kemp. And by the way, wasn't it in Houston that they shut down the Chinese consulate? Remember? In the summer? when the Trump administration shut down the Chinese consulate for spying on Americans for fraud? Remember? Okay. This is the same guy that's in bed with Brian Kemp. These are people that are literally selling out their country. Think about that. It's outrageous but we have people that are committing treason. They're getting rewarded with power. Hunter Biden sold out America. He sold technology to Chinese military organizations in exchange for billions of dollars to manage and millions of dollars, millions of dollars to spend. And he got that through a CFIUS court that was completely corrupt and bogus where the judges were Jay Johnson, 
and uh, John Kerry, you know, and all the cabinet heads. That's who, that's who rules on CFIUS court deci- uh, matters of national security when it deals with commerce abroad. That's what the CFIUS court is all about. But they're not judges that are independent. They're, they're biased. So if, you know, Don Trump Jr. wanted to do the same deal that Hunter was doing at the same time, they would tell Don Jr., no, it's a national security risk. We deny your request. And Hunter gets it. Then Hunter gets a monopoly. He gets to then make billions and millions. So this um, says Li Kuangmin, Consul General of the People's Republic of China in Houston, called on Governor Brian Kemp, Governor of Georgia. Thank you for your contribution to the state of Georgia, he writes, in his own pen, with his own signature. And there's pictures of him receiving gifts on the morning of July 12th, local time in the United States. Li Kuangum, Consul General of the People's Republic of China in Houston, who is about to be transferred back to Atlanta, met with Governor Brian Kemp. Now you, me, we want to meet with Brian Kemp. We don't get that meeting, do we? We want to meet with Brian Kemp. We want to go from Houston and move back to Atlanta. On behalf of the state of, gov- state of uh, government, Brian Kemp expressed his gratitude to Consul General Kingman for his contributions to the promotion of commerce and tourism in China and Georgia for more than five years. Consul General Lee emphasized the importance of the development of friendly relations between China and the United States and welcomed Governor Brian Kemp to visit China as soon as possible. After the meeting, Brian Kemp personally wrote a message, and we read that out to you. And that seems to be pretty cozy company. We're going to go ahead and take Julie. Julie, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, good morning, sir. How are you today? Pretty good. I, it, it is so upsetting hearing all these things, and and I can't help but go back to our great Attorney General. Where the hell is he? Why has he failed us so much? He he walks around with such stature, and and he's nothing but mud on his shoes, swamp like the rest of them. It's just so sad, and it's so aggravating to hear all this, and 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 to think that these people they they've lived their whole lives they walked around washington with their t- expensive suits and ties and snappy shoes and they're nothing but a bunch of garbage <laughs> from all from my point of view i'm sorry i don't, I don't know if you recall of when uh, secretary of state pompeo called out a bunch of governors and he said that there were several in this same room that have that that have uh, you know engaged with adversarial states to the United States, and you know who you are. And he didn't name them by name, but he knew who they were. And he put out a veiled threat, and he basically basically came out and said, "We know exactly what was going on." So, I have a feeling that there are a few tricks up Trump's uh, Donald President Trump's sleeve that. 
He knows more based on what they learned from the consulate in Houston that they shut down for spying. There was also another matter out in California uh, with China. But then there was the words and, and the presentation that Pompeo did in, uh, in a meeting where he talked to the governors and he said, he, you know who you are. And, uh, and we know who you are. And then now you get this photographs, photo ops, and these handwritten letters uh, in a state that seems to have all of the anomalies, all of the federal, uh, all the corruption with these Chinese uh, program machines. It's, it's just amazing how, how much has been going on and how much has been exposed during all of this. And how can we ever trust our election system again? How can we ever trust any of these people again? Because they've done nothing but fail us. And, and, and all they've done is walk around Washington with their hands out. And, and, and that's all they've ever done. They, they've only ever used their position to gain their own financial stature. It's just, and, and then you look at the words of Joe Biden where he says we have the greatest fraud network ever constructed or whatever it was he said and who who briefed him who was the one that briefed him and told him uh, all the information about the fraud why is an ag bar going after this and finding out how he came about this this statement it just seems like it's, it's such empty emptiness that nobody is done anything so much is being exposed i'm sorry i guess i'm ranting no no it's okay you know we're 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 here to listen and learn um but yeah that's uh while you were doing that i was also looking at uh looking for the the clip that i want to find and that's uh you know the pompeo uh clip and uh i think i found it but uh anyway yeah i'm going to play that clip uh basically the state governors are are compromised it's just very sad, though, when it's it's like having a husband and you find out he's 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 not faithful. <laughs> you, you, how can you ever trust him again? And it's it's like we're dealing with politicians who aren't faithful. How can we ever trust them again? And and the only person that who's ever stood up for us is President Trump, and they want to destroy him. And and all we can do is thank him for his strength. And and, and and give him our love, and that's exactly what people do. And they give him, they give him their love. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you for calling in today, Julie. And uh, yeah, have a good day. We'll talk soon. Yeah. All right. Bye bye. All right, and we're going to go ahead and take another caller. Caller, you're on the air. Uh, I, I'm afraid I have the wrong number. Is this the Cam Brown show? No, sorry. Um, that's the same guy that called in earlier. Um, wow. <laughs> Some people, um, uh, in any case, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and try to play this, uh, this clip. I had, uh, the, the, the clip I have is a bit, a bit of a long clip, but in any case, I'm going to try to take this other caller. Caller, you're on the air. Hi, Scott. This is Linda from PA. Oh, hey, and Linda. I went to Washington, and I went to Washington a month ago, and I want to encourage everybody to go back to Washington this Saturday, the 12th, 
because, yes, I'm 74. Okay. Oh, calls coming in here. So anyway, I'm going back to Washington. I am 74 years old. I still work. I have diabetes. I have a heart condition. I take different medicines. Yes, I'm in that high-risk group. But I tell you what, that is no, in my, in my opinion, okay, I must go to Washington for my family because I, that is my way to fight socialism. And we have got to speak out. I am so happy with Mike Kelly, who has led the charge. He's like David against Goliath. And yes. Plus all the armies. And this is why I choose to go. I came out of a store one time, and I saw a man with a Trump hat. I said, I love your hat. And then I said, I can't wait to get rid of these masks. And the guy coming in the store said to me, don't you love your grandmother? And I said, I am the grandmother, <laughs> and I do have a choice. So this is my way of fighting. We need to get everybody to call in. If you can't go to Washington, you need to call all of our legislators in the different states that all this mess is going on, because that is your way, your way of fighting with the digital going and speaking out and letting all our people know in Congress that they are cowards and they must stand up and fight this right now or we're not going to have a country. Well, Linda, I have a question and for that's you. That's what I wanted to say. I have a yes. question for you. You're in PA, right? Where are you located in PA? Yes. Uh, near Newcastle, PA. Oh, okay, that's up near Pittsburgh, right? Uh, yeah, about 50 miles north of Pittsburgh. Yes, yes, yes yeah. I grew up in Steubenville, Ohio, so I know the area a little bit. Pittsburgh was my big town. Great. Yeah. Um, in in oh. any case, yeah, <laughs> back in the day, you know, in the, in the early days when the steel when the steel <laughs> don't tell me how when the early. Steelers <laughs> when the Steelers really were uh, when the name Steel had something to do with Pittsburgh, um, but you know. Yes, um, it did. The idea is, uh, what do you make of the Alito's decision to change the hearing date? Uh, I was for, really disappointed in that. Well, well okay, no, uh, maybe because there's the safe harbor. The, is it, is a, it to get us to the Supreme Court? Is that is that the whole thing? Well, Alito bumped it up one day, and he did that by one day and a few hours. And some people were saying it's because he wanted to make sure that the Supreme Court if he ruled in favor of uh, he, cause he could have just rejected this case, hearing out, out of just, right. just rejected it right off the front. But what he did was mm-hmm. he, he hurt, he's hearing the case. And I believe Ted Cruz is going to give oral arguments on behalf of Mike Kelly's, uh, you know, uh, claims. Yeah. And so I think he moved it up so that there, there would be enough time for further Hello? litigation between the 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 alleged deadline, the safe harbor deadline, but the you know actually you have all the way up until December fourteenth, you know, but still they have this thing called a safe harbor deadline. I don't think it's a, I think it's a rule that could be broken, but he did move because it of up the fraud, nothing, right? nevertheless. Yeah, well in PA, so Alito is overseeing that hearing, and he moved it up by one day. And I think he did that. And some people are suggesting that the that would indicate tea leaves moving in favor of Trump on that. 
I heard that, and it's because it can then go to the Supreme Court. Am I correct or no? Yes, yes, that's right. Because, see, he's overseeing okay. the hearing to decide whether or not right. uh, the court will hear it, right? And and the same thing is true, like, with Kavanaugh in Michigan, um, Barrett in Wisconsin, and Justice Thomas in Georgia. And so far, none of them have done anything uh, in those states. So, you know, not sure exactly what's what's going on with those states, but... They could still be appealed. There's still the um, avenue for state legislatures. They're all Republican state legislatures where they could delay or withhold the delegations uh, for the electorates. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, it's kind of interesting that, stuff. That reassures me. I've listened to you for years. I uh, <laughs> I don't call in very much, but I'm out here. <laughs> yeah, I'm no, out here. And, and I appreciate when that. When I get fired up, you know what I mean, I, I want to fight. Yes. Uh, I want to fight. Absolutely. Yeah. In the right way. Well, thank you for calling today. Scott, thanks for letting me on. Say hi to the Lenora. And I will. We're out she'll, here. She'll, we are out here. Leonora will be on and tomorrow. We want all our congressmen to know that we are behind you. So get a backbone and That's start right. standing up for our country. That's right. That's right. All righty. All right. Take care. <laughs> thank you, all Scott. Right. All right. Bye bye. Wow. Okay, so great patriot there. You know, one of the things that's true is this. They say that PA could be a domino to fall. So if Lito were to open that case up, that's one thing. Then, you know, um, there's deadlines for safe harbor related to the election, but that's from the campaigns. You still have the state of Texas suing these other states for other issues. They could deem several things unconstitutional and and go a long way in advancing the ball, but I think Georgia is also a state a, a domino state because if they uh, and, and then Michigan's a domino state. If Michigan's twenty investigation of twenty two machines turns up all kinds of anomalies, and if we can um, bring to the Supreme Court a series of anomalies that are the same footprint, the same footprint, the same footprint uh, related to uh, what was done in Michigan was done in Georgia, what was done in Georgia was done in Pennsylvania, what was done in Pennsylvania was done in Wisconsin, what was done in Wisconsin was done in Maricopa, what was done in Maricopa was done in Nevada, Clark County particularly. And so... If you can make that argument, then you it's a domino effect. You know, you can't you can't prove that you could find every single crime in every single neck of the woods. I mean, these criminals were good at what they did. But if you could prove enough to suggest that this whole election was rigged, then you could get somewhere. And all you need is one crack in the armor and one little sliver, one little one little way in to make your case and to make state your argument. That's the key. And right now, <clears throat> if you were to flip Georgia, which I think can be flipped, that that's definitely one. I'm talking low-hanging fruit here. And I'm saying Georgia, there's so much corruption with this Chinese infection. And I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about the consulate and 
the Lee family, connected with the Kemps and the Rathisberger and Sterling. And I'm talking about the Chinese connection to China, uh, to Georgia and the corruption and the fraud. I'm talking about Ruby, the woman that was stuffing envelopes that was all boisterous and talking you know, a lot of smack and doing a lot of videos is now lawyering up. And she's basically indicating that there's a, this is much bigger problem than you could, you could imagine. Um, there's wor- words that have been said. So I think Georgia is not a done deal. And Pennsylvania, if you were to award and flip Pennsylvania and, you, and uh, Georgia, you, get, you bring Trump up to 268. Just by precedence alone, you look at those two states, you got to then look at the legislature and what they're trying to do in Arizona, which is they're working on behalf of pulling back. As soon as you get Arizona, 11 electorates, now you've denied, you've just taken 16 plus 20, that's 26 plus 11. You've just taken... 37 electorates away from Sleepy Joe. And that would that would be a disaster for Joe Biden. So if Alito does some you know really miraculous things today and they get the case heard and they they throw out the votes that are fraudulent in Pennsylvania, it flips Pennsylvania to Trump's column. And in Georgia, there's so much corruption there, the whole thing could blow up. And, uh, you know, so I, I think that the low-hanging fruit is Pennsylvania and Georgia. And then if you just get the state delegation in Arizona to withdraw, decertify is what they're calling it. And they can do it. They have a path to do that. That will change the outcome of this election and swing it to Trump. It's that simple. So don't let anybody tell you there isn't a path to victory for Team Trump. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take Jeannie. Uh, Jeannie, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. Um, great, great show, Scott. Great callers, Linda and Julie. Um, thanks for putting this all together so wonderfully for us. We need to be praying for everyone's safety, everyone in, involved. Um, and I just want to quickly say that I think that Barr just has to, ha- we have to be comfortable with him on the sidelines right now. There's so much that is happening that <coughs> that is covered up right now. Uh, Gina Haspel gave up lots of information, everything that she knew. And um, what you said about Pompeo a few months ago threatening all of those governors is all coming into fruition. They're all going down. And um, just one other thing, I'm watching a, a video that came out on November 1st. It can be found on Great News International. Um, it's a thousand pieces. Joe Flynn is on it. It reads, We lost you, Jeannie. 
Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. Uh, Jeannie, we lost Jeannie. Uh, I'll have Jeannie write, and I can text her. Um, and Jeannie uh, can can um, share with me that, and then I'll share it with the audience. So we won't miss that information that she was going to provide for us. Uh, I want to play this audio clip anyway, but uh, sorry we lost Jeannie. But that analysis that I just gave about flipping Georgia and flipping Pennsylvania and decertifying Arizona, game over for Biden. That's all it takes, folks. That is all it takes. There's more. I mean, we have litigation in Laxall in Nevada with Rick Grinnell. Can tell you a thing or two about what's going on out there. Uh, there's Wisconsin, uh, where you have Amy Coney Barrett overseeing that state. Um, keep in mind, too, that if they find fraud, if the DOJ who is looking into the Houston consulate for China that they shut down and, and the DOJ uh, and the CIA and the FBI were all looking at these cases of civil rights violations. Uh, it very well could be coming out that safe harbor or no safe harbor, they have all the way up until January 20th. And if they find out that Biden committed fraud, it's, it's just like the analogy I gave yesterday. You got a marathon runner. You got two guys, one and two, neck and neck. The other guy cuts through the park and he shaves a mile off of the run. And he comes out ahead. And next thing you know, he crosses the finish line two minutes ahead. And the other runner's like, what the heck? I was ahead of him. And next thing you know, it's it's this situation where they get the tape two, uh, two, day, two weeks later. They get this tape. Oh, there's the runner running through the park. That was a mile shaved off the distance. That was, they're running six-minute miles. So next thing you know, you could say, well, he won by two. It's a six-minute mile. It would have cost him six. I should have won by four minutes. That's a landslide victory. Winning by four minutes. Think about how much distance that is. Two weeks later, but the, the run's already been certified and the book's already put in the encyclopedia. It's already in Wikipedia. What do you do? Well, you can expunge it. You can do whatever you need to do. And this is more important than a marathon. And this is a more important than anything in our lifetime is saving our country. Now, I'm going to play this clip. It's from Pompeo warning the governors about infiltration and China. Last year, I received an invitation to an event that promised to be, quote, an occasion for exclusive deal-making said, quote, the opportunities for mutually beneficial economic development between China and our individual states are tremendous, end of quote. Uh, Deal-making sounds like it might have come from President Trump, but the invitation was actually from a former governor. I was being invited to the U.S.-China Governors Collaboration Summit. It was an event co-hosted by the National Governors Association and something called the Chinese People's Association for Friendship and Foreign Countries. Sounds pretty harmless. 
What the invitation did not say is that the group, the group I just mentioned, is the public face of the Chinese Communist Party's official foreign influence agency, the United Front Work Department. Now, I was lucky. Uh, I was familiar with that organization from my time as the director of the Central Intelligence Agency. But it got me thinking, how many of you made the link between that group and Chinese Communist Party officials? What if you made a new friend while you were at that event? What if your new friend asked you for introductions to other politi politically connected and powerful people? What if your new friend offered to invest big money in your state, perhaps in your pension, in industries sensitive to our national security? These aren't hypotheticals. These scenarios are all too true, and they impact American foreign policy significantly. Indeed, last year, a Chinese government-backed think tank in Beijing produced a report that assessed all 50 of America's governors on their attitudes towards China. They labeled each of you friendly, hardline, or ambiguous. I'll let you decide where you think you belong. Someone in China already has. Many of you indeed in that report are referenced by name. So here's the lesson. The lesson is that competition with China is not just a federal issue. It's why I wanted to be here today, Governor Hogan. It's happening in your states with consequences for our foreign policy, for the citizens that reside in your state, states, and indeed for each of you. And in fact, whether you're viewed by the CCP as friendly or hardline, know that it's working you. Know that it's working the team around you. Competition with China is happening inside of your state and it affects our capacity to perform America's vital national security functions. And it says the report stated that while a hardline attitude towards China now prevails in Washington, the American federal system means that state level governments may not be in lockstep. Governors can ignore orders from the White House, the report claimed, and state governors can change or even cancel local governments, such as cities, counties, and school districts. State-level officials enjoy a certain degree of diplom diplomatic independence, the report stated. And so that's the problem, is that we're not acting as a country. We're divided. And, you know... Uh, where this has happened, where Trump is trying to create a hardline approach to China, it creates uh, other opportunities for China to look for Achilles heels or weak links or spineless souls or treasonous people that lead states. And Brian Kemp happened to be one of them. And allowed the Dominion machines to come into Georgia and be rigged against the adversarial product or the adversarial person to China, which would be Donald Trump. And so when does that become an act of treason that you would sell out your president for millions of dollars in investments in your state so that you cultivate a warm relation with the United States' biggest enemy while overthrowing 
the president, the presidency of the United States. And I say this because overthrowing, because it's not the will of the people. It's your will. It's not the will of the people. The people voted 74 million for Donald Trump. More people than ever voted for an incumbent in the history of the United States. And there's no way that sleepy Joe Biden got 81 million, 82 million votes. No way did he do that. He couldn't fill 10 circles, kindergarten circles. So there's just no way, especially when you look at all the victories that Trump, Trump's coattails provided for the House of Representatives. Every race they ran, they won. They didn't lose anything, hardly. I don't think they lost anything. And they had overwhelming odds to lose the Senate, and they kept it. So Georgia was looking for a soul to steal. Georgia was the devil. Not the devil went down to Georgia, but Georgia themselves were the devils. And the leadership, whether they're right or left, it didn't matter. We saw what Bob Corker and Mitt Romney and Jeff Flake and Justin Amash were all about as so-called Republicans. Paul Ryan. We know that the corruption goes on both sides. And the reason why we love Trump is because he said, I'm not merely transferring power. I'm not transferring power from one party to another. I'm transferring power from Washington back to you, the people. It's in the, it's in the headline of my show. I knew how important that was. And whether or not Trump was going to deliver on it, I didn't know at the time, but he sure has promises made, promises kept. And he's the most popular president in the history of the United States with 94% love from his own party when the record was 75% in the history. So Trump was the man that people elected this time in overwhelming landslide odds landslide victory you can't tell me then that we don't have a right to fight to right the wrong of a landslide overthrown by corruption and fake ballots and printing presses and our most adversarial country china who launched this COVID virus around the world to have this kind of an impact on elections Anyway, we're at the end of our show. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. My name's Scott Adams. I want to thank you all for listening. Be sure to check out our podcast over at scottadamsshow.com. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye now. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. I grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.